0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina today with my good friend Sean Cosner at Third Rock Events. The Queen City drew him here for work, but the incredible culinary scene and amazing festivals have kept him here. In this episode, you hear three key stories about Charlotte, North Carolina. Sean tells us why the best donut in Charlotte is not sold at a donut shop. Then he shares some fantastic kids activities in town, including the Free Kids Festival. And finally, he shares where to find the best sunset views of Charlotte while enjoying a nice glass of wine. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Charlotte. Before we get started, I'd love it if you would give my show a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback improves the interviews and helps listeners find the show. Now let's get started. Today's podcast sponsor is the South End Wine Fest. This annual event happens every October for the 21 and over crowd. Your ticket includes beer, wine, and cider tastings, and live music from local bands playing cover tunes from your favorite artists. And when you get hungry, there are cooking demos and an assortment of food trucks that tempt your taste buds. Ticket sales support Classroom Central, which is dedicated to helping students living in poverty so that way they can get the tools they need to effectively learn. Visit southendwinefest.org for the full schedule of pre and post-festival events, links for hotel packages, and to learn more about this worthwhile cause. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, so you and I, we've been friends for a long time. We both share a love of Kempton, but today we're talking about Charlotte, your hometown now. What's your connection to the city and
1: what brought you there? Yeah, so it'll be, I think it will be strange for both of us not to sit here and talk about Kempton hotels for the next three minutes and talk about the city of Charlotte, which happens to have a Kempton hotel. Yeah, you know, I moved here for work several years ago and after being here for you know, I say six to eight years, I decided to launch my own company. And that's really what keeps me here. And, you know, what's exciting is there's so much opportunity for small business right now in Charlotte with all the growth.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Because I was in Charlotte a long, long time ago when I first started working in the, in the banking industry, I worked for Bank of America, and they sent everybody on the sales side to Charlotte for uh, for sales training. And I can just imagine the city has grown tremendously over the last 15, 20 years.
1: Yeah. You know, what we've become so known for recently in the last few years is our craft beer scene. The last time we looked within, you know, counting some of the surrounding towns, we have 35 breweries within like 30 minutes of uptown Charlotte.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Because the city used to be known all about banking. And, you know, I think it's a nice transformation if we can get away from banking and get into beer.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody goes, says, what do I want to go on vacation? Oh, what about that banking town? (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. You know, (laughs) that doesn't exist. (laughs) Exactly. So,
0: okay. So you've been here for a number of years now. If you could describe the city or the people in just like one or two words, how would you do that?
1: It's definitely a young city that has become very forward thinking. Okay. In what way? How would you uh, say that? We have attracted a lot of younger talent. So companies are, are coming here in large numbers to, you know, attract that talent to their business. Okay. And we're doing things here from sustainability that some of the other cities aren't doing and launching a lot of co-working spaces and a lot of locally produced product. Mhm. Yeah.
0: And so okay, so for the people listening to the show if they're planning a trip to Charlotte after hearing all the wonderful things we're going to talk about, is there certain times of the year that they should really focus on visiting or what type of festivals or activities are there to do throughout the year?
1: Yeah. You know, if you are a craft brew beer fan, you know, spring is great. That's when a lot a majority of our beer festivals happen. You know, Charlotte, I mean, we're in the South, it gets hot, it's humidity. So spring and fall are the best time to travel here. In my opinion, if you are someone who really enjoys wine, a lot of the wine festivals happen to be in the fall. So those would be the spring and the and the fall, depending on what you're looking for, would be the okay. time to come to Charlotte.
0: Okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. People are looking to fly into Charlotte. There's a, a pretty big airport there that's, I, I believe, an international gateway,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So Charlotte Douglas is undergoing a massive uh, facelift currently. So they've redone a couple of the terminals. Terminal A is beautiful. That is where everyone flies into if you're not flying American Airlines. Uh, Charlotte, yeah, is a hub for American And so American has put every other airline in Terminal A. (laughs) (laughs) They
0: like stake their claim to the other terminal and say, say everybody else, you guys get like the uh, leftovers in, in the other terminal.
1: Yeah, which was funny because I, you know, the one that you would expect to get remodeled first would be, well, not Terminal A, right? Because it's not the hometown airline, but it has been done. You know, one of our local breweries, Noda Brewing now has a spot in Terminal A, which is really cool. So if you're taking Delta, which happens to be my personal airline of choice, you will come into Terminal A or Southwest or JetBlue, any of those guys.
0: Nice. Okay. So we've flown into the Charlotte Douglas Airport to get from the airport to the city. Is there public transportation? Do they rent a car? Uh, What's the best way to get around?
1: You know, Uber and Lyft are, I think, are king here. That's the quickest way. Unfortunately, our light rail has not yet made it to the airport to our downtown slash uptown. If you know anything about Charlotte, they call their downtown uptown. So the Uber and Lyft are the easiest way because once you are in the uptown area or south end or surrounding neighborhoods, you really don't have to have a car.
0: Okay, so very much like a walkable type of city.
1: Yeah, you know, very walkable. We have an ordinance that allows us to have the uh, shareable scooters. So they're everywhere if you want to be brave and, and jump on a scooter. But there is a the light rail system and the light rail It takes you across the city. If you were in uptown and you want to check out our the Noda district, which is, I would say, more where our live music lives, you could jump on the light rail and two or three stops, you're in the Noda district.
0: Okay. So, again, it's been a long time since I've really been to Charlotte and kind of explored it. Is it a pretty big downtown? Would you say, like, you you have to get on the the light rail to to get around from one side to the other? Or is it something you could
1: walk and uh, be reasonable without getting all sweaty? I mean, you definitely can walk within the downtown area. I mean, you know, you can walk from Panther Stadium over to the Hornets Arena. No problem.
0: Okay. So we've flown in. We've taken like an Uber or Lyft, getting to the downtown area, and now we're walking around. Are there certain areas of the town that maybe when we're looking at hotels we should avoid or we should really kind of focus in? Obviously, where the Kempton is, that's probably going to be the number one choice. But... Uh... <laughs> Yes. But other than that, are there certain areas that really, when uh, they want to say, I want to go to a game or I want to explore some of the food areas, is there a certain like district where they should really be at, where they should book their hotel?
1: Our uptown is divided into wards. So it's uh, ward one through four. So first, second, third, fourth, the third ward is where the Panther stadium uh, lives. So I would say, if you're coming to check out a football game, uh, if your team is coming to Charlotte and you want to go to an away game. Of course, Tryon Park Hotel, as well as there's a Marriott Residence Inn, which are right next to where the Panthers play. But if you were like, hey, I want to come in and and check out a basketball game, there's a brand new, and it's very nice, uh, Spring Hill Suites just opened, along with an AC hotel on the other side of, of the stadium. So, of course, AC hotels tend to be a little bit more hip, and it has a beautiful rooftop bar that gives you great views of the city as well.
0: That's what I'm talking about. You know, it's like uh, getting up there on that rooftop deck and just having a drink with your buddies, checking out the the scene and watching the sunset. That's pretty ideal as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. Now back to the Tryon Park Hotel with like Kempton, based on where they sit, they have, I would say, some of the best sunset views because they face West and they overlook Romeo Bearden Park, which is a beautiful park in our uptown area that hosts our annual jazz festival.
0: Oh, cool. So when is the jazz festival?
1: Uh, that is in the spring.
0: All right. You guys have so much going on. That's really cool. Let's talk about now like some of the attractions, some of the things to do when you're in Charlotte. What do you normally do when people are coming to town? Where do you take them?
1: Well, you know, I think the first thing that people want to see is the brewery scene. And you often will, you often see people post on social media, hey, my parents are coming to town and they don't drink beer. I don't know what to do with them. That kind of is a thing. Here is like every time somebody wants to come to town, you're like, "Hey, I wanna check out these breweries because they've won these awards." You know, when they've been out, you know, the Brewers Fest, which is very famous out in Denver. Uh-huh. You want to check these guys out, and that's really the first thing that most people do is they take them around to see all the breweries. All right, right on.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm one of those parents that I'll take my kids to a brewery, you know, but I know that there's also some other kids friendly things that are also going on in Charlotte. And I know you don't have children, but I do. And and I was looking around. There's a couple things like the the Discovery Place Science uh, Center. And the uh, Daniel Stowe Botanical Garden; those are both uh, great family-friendly activities. Have you been to either one of those?
1: Yeah, we just went this past week to the new museum you mentioned. These exhibits switch out, obviously. So, depending if you come quickly or you're coming in a couple years, you might want to check out their website, see what exhibit is currently being shown. But they had a Lego Tower exhibit, and I'm really into that. So, we went and checked it out, and they had all these replicas of you know famous towers, Empire State Building, a lot from other parts of the world of of duplicates and made out of Legos. So that's really cool. Imagine on is if the best way to explain it is a library on steroids, very interactive. And that they're within two blocks of each other. And of course every fall in Charlotte is the annual uh Charlotte Kids Festival, which is really cool. It's a it's a free festival. I would say if your kids are around the age of 10 or younger, maybe slightly older, they'll be fine, but that's a lot of the programming. And people think like, oh, a kids festival bounce houses, face painting. It's not that it, because of where the kids festival is held, which you can take the light rail to is up in the university neighborhood. Okay. There's a lot of university departments that have interactive experiences for the kids. So a lot about learning math, sciences, building and making uh, engineering department does a really good job. So it's much more engaging. There's a whole performing arts section of the kids festival. Uh-huh. So it's not something you go to where there's, you know, 12 bounce houses and a popcorn machine. It's a, yeah, it's a very in-depth festival where kids, one moment they can be dancing with the Chick-fil-A cow. The next minute they're uh, learning how to mine for gold. It's very cool. Yeah, no,
0: I really appreciate those type of things because, you know, yeah, I want my kids to have fun. I want them to sweat it out and bounce around and everything, which that's really cool for them to do. But I want them to have some sort of educational aspect of the things that we do. Like when I used to live in Southern California, I didn't go to Disneyland with my kids all the time. You know, I I think maybe even only took them once, but we had season passes to like the, the zoo and the, the wild animal park and things like that, because I felt like that was much more of an educational thing for them to do where they're having fun, but they're learning at the same time. And I think that kids festival, the way you described it sounds like something that I'm gonna have to make the drive from, from Nashville to come over there to Charlotte, just to go check it out.
1: Oh, that'd be great. It's really cool too, because we, speaking of like coming in and uh, driving in for it and attending it with your family, we actually bring a lot of regional entertainers that are kids. Uh Atlanta has a great live music scene, as a lot of us know, a lot of talented people out of Atlanta. And we've been able to bring up some of the kids that are in that, you know, in the music business and Kids love performers, but kids really love performers that are like also a kid. Oh, sure. And that really gets them going.
0: Just like us sometimes, you know, we see somebody up there and we're like, oh my God, they're like, they're just like me. I can do that too. Right. So that's really fun. I was looking at a couple other things, which you may or may not have been to also, which also I think are really attractive for kids. There's a Bird Brain Ostrich Ranch and the Carolina Raptor Center. And I think that's really cool that they're giving kids and adults, you know, there's big kids inside of us. The opportunity to go check out some of these animals up close and personal.
1: Yeah. You know, the Raptor Center, don't be confused. There are not dinosaurs there. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> the bird raptor, not the uh, right, not the velociraptors. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're also uh, really great because they have a rehabilitation center for when animals are injured. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a great organization and it's right near uh, a lot of plantation which is, you know, this is the South and those farms existed here. And there's a lot of actors, a lot of volunteer actors that you can go there and they show you how food was made um, on the plantation and how things were farmed and how the animals were taken care of. And and you can see, you know, tour that and, and see how the people lived and what things were like. And those are on the that Raptor Center and the plantation are within, or they're on the same road.
0: Oh, Okay it's kind of a dark history in our, in our our dark chapter in our history, seeing those plantations and and seeing some of that. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where if you don't experience that history and and see it for yourself, you are kind of doomed to repeat that history, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I had, um, I have a friend, I mean, she's, um, you know, African-American, she loves history. She reads a lot about it and she volunteers her time to play the person who was the the family's uh, cook. And, you know, if she has the costume and she's learned how to cook on this open fire with the chimney. You know, it's like the fireplace. She cooks on an open fireplace. And it was interesting because one of the, the number one death for those folks was their dresses catching on fire because they would be walking back and forth, you know, in front of this fireplace cooking you know, it never, it's, it's just interesting because you were, you had to wear a dress in that time. That uh-huh. was just, you know, that was required. Sure. And there was nobody thinking like, oh, maybe we should put these folks in garments that aren't long and flowy because they're <laughs> working next to open fire. Yeah. But she, you know, she has studied that. I mean, she made us, she baked us cornbread. Oh my gosh. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great experience. And I think again, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of fun, but it's also a, a learning opportunity as well. So uh, one thing I, I want to go and talk about before we get into some of the food that's there in Charlotte is the Carolinas Aviation Museum. Because I think uh, a lot of people listen to the podcast, they're AV geeks or you know, plane spotters. And whether you're a big kid like me or a little kid like you know, my, my son, I think going to see some of those big planes like that up close and personal is a, a really fun thing to do.
1: Yeah, so that's right near the airport. But I have some news for you, Lee. They just closed because you're going to go through a massive remodel. Okay. Don't quote me on this, but I think they've gotten some money from the state or some grants and they're um, getting ready to rebuild their whole entire museum. Okay. So they were open just a few weeks ago for their last day before they closed down before this big remodel. And we got to go check out, you know, the Miracle on the Hudson Plain is there.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So like you said, it's closed right now. We're recording this uh, you know, in August, but hopefully um, if you're listening to this sometime in the future, it'll be reopened. Uh, or if you're listening now, just mark it on your future to-do list and make sure you come back to Charlotte and, and check it out for sure. So uh, before we get going, I want to talk a little bit about the food in Charlotte because I know that Carolina uh, is a big barbecue place. There's like fighting words between Carolina barbecue and, and Nashville and Texas and uh, Kansas City and everything. <clears throat> what type of good barbecue is there in Charlotte?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's one place that is so well known in Charlotte that I, I you, you even see like when people do corporate team outings, uh-huh. they'll take like their team there, and that's Max Barbecue, and that's in the South End neighborhood, which happens to be home to most of the breweries. Okay. So Max Barbecue is, I mean, has great barbecue, but their service is also wonderful, and they have live music a lot of the nights. And they about a year or so ago did a remodel, and now. The front of their restaurant has this really great patio space with an outdoor bar. You get out of your car, walk two steps, and sit down at a bar stool. I mean, you can pull your car, like, almost up to the bar. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Nice, nice. Barbecue is the place to go.
0: All right, right on. Yeah, I'm really loving some barbecue now that I moved to the South. But obviously, there's still other types of food. Uh, what are some of your favorite types of food in Charlotte?
1: Well, you know, when I moved here... Um, 10, 12 years ago, they told me that the Charlotte restaurant scene, the the favorite um, spice was vanilla because it was just, (laughs) everything was so same. So everything was similar. Yeah, Uh, That has changed. You know, there are some really great uh, chefs now and uh, we have, you know, Johnson and Wales is, has a campus right in our downtown area. And, you know, they're generating out some really talented folks. There's some restaurants, you know, of course, Depending on when you listen to this podcast, you always want to check and make sure the restaurants haven't closed or remodeled or moved or whatever. But, you know, some things, you some places that I would highly recommend that you check out in our downtown area, there's Essex is wonderful.
0: What type of food is that?
1: It's interesting because it's it's all over the I mean, they have, you know, Indian food. OK. And then you turn around and, you know, there's some Italian dish. So it's just a really, and it's a really great location. So our, the heart of the, of Charlotte is trade and Tryon, And that was where the natives would meet and trade with the Europeans or other, other folks. They, that was, that became the trading point. There was a somewhere near there, uh, as history says, there was a, there was a spring, you know, there's fresh water. So that became trade and Tryon. And this restaurant sits right at that intersection and their outdoor patio, if you want to sit outside looks right at that intersection. So if you want to be in the heart of Charlotte and you want a great restaurant, Essex is wonderful.
0: It sounds like the way you're describing their menu, it's almost like they're like a United Nations. They got a little bit of everything from all over the world.
1: Yes. And, and great, great wine and great cocktails. I mean, it is definitely a place, you know, we're going to go out tonight on the town. Let's start here and eat and have a few drinks and then make our way down the street.
0: Oh, perfect. All right. So we've did all that. And uh, now we're looking for something sweet tooth or something like that, some ice cream, some dessert. Where would you go for that?
1: We've had um, a surgeons in our local ice cream shop. So there is golden cow creamery. And the reason that they're called golden cow is because they're actually in our gold district. Uh, The reason we have banking in Charlotte and the reason there's a mint street and a mint museum is because we had a gold rush here at one time. And the gold mine—you can't go into the gold mine, but the marker is there. Obviously, sure. like the street marker It's just right up the right up the street from that ice cream shop. Talks about you know the history of the gold mines and the gold mines are still there. Uh, recently, uh, one of the neighbors' homes in her basement, a, a mine shaft opened, and oh um, yeah, yeah, out of nowhere, <laughs> she's just like, "Oh, there's a giant hole in my basement!" But it was one of the air shafts that were used for the for the gold mines. So Golden Cow Creamery is wonderful, right? You know. Founded here in Charlotte, local couple opened that. They like to change up the flavors, but they had this, like this peanut butter with honey and it was wonderful.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds decadent. I like to eat breakfast. Breakfast is one of my most important meals of the day. Uh, where would you go for
1: breakfast in the morning? There is a, a place that people love. I'm more of a brunch person, but for breakfast, if you want your traditional breakfast and you want the the 1950s diner experience. There's a there's a Midnight Diner right near Uptown. It's uh, sits between Uptown and South End, and people love it. There's usually a line for Midnight Diner, so just be aware of that if you're going to go. You know, the smaller your group, the quicker you'll get in. Don't roll up with eight of your friends. You're going to be waiting for some time.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Say you're in a hurry, uh, you don't have the time for that. I was looking on the the Charlotte's Got a Lot website. I saw that there was like a, a massive amount of like donut shops there. They're like, not just like donut shops, like Winchell's or you know, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, but like actually like gourmet donuts. And it seems like there's uh, some pretty good ones.
1: Yeah. Pepper box donuts just recently opened in the South end neighborhood. My wife is really into donuts. I am not personally. And so when I get in trouble, which is often, which I think I might be in trouble currently, I usually go get her donuts, but then she's like, you can't keep giving me donuts because then I'm going to put on weight. <laughs> so my donuts aren't working. So it's like, oops, forgive me about that. And you know, they almost look like slices of cake. They're large and they have all these icings and nuts added to them. Yeah, it almost looks like pieces of cake.
0: Well, actually, speaking of that, as I was looking on the website there, I found uh, Suarez Bakery and I, they actually have a picture of it, it looks like a cake, that it's just layers and layers of these big, huge donuts.
1: Yeah, that's a special occasion. Now, if you want the best, the best donut go to stoke it is a stunning beautiful restaurant it's in the first floor of the marriott in uptown and they have a donut i think it's like one pound and it has a cream in the middle when we go there we like order we make sure our dinner is small because we are going to get that donut it's amazing
0: (laughs) okay well uh before we go one last thing, you mentioned your favorite brunch place. Do you have a, a favorite place for brunch? Because maybe we're up late, we're out partying, checking out some of the, all the fun bars that are there in Charlotte. Where should we go for brunch?
1: So uh, a really popular spot for brunch is Vivace, and that is in our Midtown section of Charlotte. It has great views if you sit outside of the entire skyline. So Vivace is wonderful for brunch. Uh, they have the you know all the standard brunch deals about you know one price for this many mimosas, and that's that's the place to go. And, you know, one of the things that talk about some of the festivals, if you do a little bit of research and you want to come in the spring and you're looking at a beer festival or you're looking coming in the fall and you're looking at one of the wine festivals, there's a few of them that actually do a programming throughout the entire week. So, you know, you might want to travel in for the actual festival, which obviously is you know always on a Saturday. Right. Uh, that's when the big anchor event is. But there could be a dinner the night before, there could be a tasting on Thursday, there could be an art event on Wednesday. So if you wanted to come and say, all right, I'm going to stay for a few nights and go to all these different events around the festival, that's an option. And there's usually a recovery type of brunch on a Sunday as well. So you could actually come, you know, midweek on a Wednesday and stay till Monday and just experience the entire programming of those festivals.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that because I like to have a couple of beers here and there and a few glasses of wine. And that brunch sounds wonderful. Yes. So Sean, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you've showed us so many awesome things about Charlotte. I'm going to come for that kids festival. I'll definitely come to come for the wine festival. I'm going to take my kids. We're going to check out all these things and probably time it so that way we can go to a game while we're there as well. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if a traveler only had time for one meal in Charlotte, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: I highly recommend that they uh, go to Zeppelin for dinner. You know that menu is constantly changing based and it's seasonal, so the chef does a really good job. So just Zeppelin for dinner is, is on the list. Okay, that
0: sounds good. What would you say is one of your best meals that you've had there?
1: They did a gnocchi dish last fall. I think it had pumpkin with it. It was wonderful. But again, he changes it up all the time, which is very creative and, and exciting because you can go there and say once you get you know in the fall, it's going to be so much different than in the spring.
0: Yeah. Well, everything's pumpkin in the fall, right? So (laughs) if you, if you want that, that gnocchi pumpkin, maybe you come in the fall and and cross your fingers and maybe you'll be able to get that one. Right. So, uh, like you said, you lived in Charlotte for more than a decade. You have awesome stories. I'm sure. What's one of your most memorable?
1: You know, um, we were lucky enough at one point to host the democratic national convention and, um, they were very sensitive to the fact they used a lot of local businesses and we, got to work with on one of the president's speeches for his reelection campaign. And, you know, that was at the Panther Stadium and just working on that and planning that and seeing the excitement in the city and all the positivity and, you know, getting to show off your town to the world was one of the best experiences we've had since living here.
0: That's super cool. Speaking of good times, uh,
1: where's the happiest happy hour? Hey, welcome to North Carolina, where technically, we're not allowed to have happy hours. What? <laughs> yeah, so... there's a good reason I
0: didn't move to North Carolina, Right, I guess. right.
1: <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. You can get the special start when they open at 11 a.m., you can get that same special until they close at 2 a.m. So, I don't know. We have, obviously, it's the South, and, you know, there are still some residual effects from Prohibition, believe it or not. That's where this stems from. So, if a, re- if a bar or a restaurant wants to have, you know, a happy hour, that special is all day, but... I do have a place you really want to check out. It's a speakeasy. You have to go into a phone booth, pick up the phone, and they do answer, and then they let you in, and that's called the Backstage, and that is Near Max Barbecue, so that would be the place I would suggest to go for drinks after work.
0: That sounds fun. It's always cool to find these speakeasies because trying to figure out how to get into them and uh, people look at you like, what are you doing? Why are you pulling that book on the shelf or whatever? Right. It's always kind of cool having that insider
1: knowledge. Yeah, and then you know, once you're in there, it's really neat is they have uh, these wooden booths for you to sit in there, uh, for you and your friends, and they're named after uh, music venues that we've lost over the years, unfortunately, you know, due to new developments or whatever. We've lost some of our music venues, so they, they've in honor of those music venues, you can sit in the different booths named after them.
0: Oh, uh, That's fun. It's always good to kind of uh, recapture some of that history. Yes. So right on. Well, hey, uh, whenever I travel, I always get pepperoni pizza wherever I go. So where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Charlotte?
1: So there is a new place um, that just opened and it is located in the Sky House Apartments in Uptown, right on the corner. You can't miss it. And they have the pizza slices. When I was thinking about this question, I was like, oh, I want to tell you about this great pizza spot, but they sell whole pizzas. So I think you would really want to go to a place that has slices and it's in the Sky House Apartments and you can't miss it.
0: Okay, and so is there a name for the pizza, place?
1: I've been there a bunch of times, and you got me on this one, because I switched my answer for you. I was like, uh, <laughs> I want to tell you to go to Anicio uh, Pizza, where I went for my birthday recently, and it has the best gourmet pizzas. But if you want a traditional pepperoni slice, uh, you got to go to the one to Sky House, so... I know I'm, I'm slipping on the name, but you'd have to Google it.
0: That's all right. No, hey, for the listeners that are listening, I'm going to have it in the show notes. It'll be there. Check it out. All right, uh, Sean, you travel almost as much as I do, maybe even more. Uh, you've certainly been to more of the Kemptons than I have, and I'm totally <laughs> jealous. What's your best travel tip? And booking with Kempton is not the travel tip we're looking for.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually saw you post about this recently, and maybe it was a tweet about... How do you say it? Leisure? Business leisure? Oh,
0: leisure. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's when I was traveling and have week after week of corporate travel, which is, I know that it doesn't sound that exciting. And you think you get a new job and you're like, oh, I get to travel for work. Woohoo. And then year three, you're like, oh, I got to travel for work. But try to mix in, you know, if you can go the night before or stay an extra night to check out what's happening, because, you know, you will discover local restaurants and local music that's going on i always i always wished that when i traveled for work that you know no one does a wine festival or a jazz fest or blues fest on a thursday yeah. right so you see all this advertising at whatever town you're in you're like man i wish i would stay here on a saturday i think that's do that a couple of times a year like oh i'm going to be traveling let me see what's going on that weekend Do i want to stay an extra couple of days and that really will help take that edge off that corporate travel and, and, and you know maybe you can even have the family come out and meet you there while you're in that town.
0: Exactly. And the other thing is, uh, it actually sometimes ends up being a money saver for your for your company as well. If you're traveling on a Friday, heavy travel day, everybody's flying home, or either that are people flying away for the weekend. If you travel on like a Saturday evening or Sunday morning, yes, not a lot of competition there, and maybe you're going to find lower prices. And that way you're getting a little bit more fun, and you're saving a little bit of money.
1: Yeah, and you can use all those points you earn to pay for your hotel on Friday and Saturday night. Absolutely.
0: So, and hopefully it's a Kempton. So (laughs)
1: don't forget the secret password at (laughs) check-in.
0: That's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, Hey, you and I, we've known each other for years and years. So many stories between us, but the listeners may not know exactly who you are. So tell us who you are, what you do and how they can reach you online.
1: Yeah. So I, Sean Costner with third rock events. We are an event production company, which is why you've heard so much about festivals in this town. We work on a lot of those. Uh, most of our clients are nonprofits. They hire us to help them produce these big annual events as fundraisers for them. So you can follow us or check out us online at Third Rock Events. You know, Instagram is king currently. So we're all over that channel. And, you know, you can find out about all the different festivals and events and like which causes each of those festivals support, whether it's research for cancer, or a local dog rescue or raising money for school supplies. For teachers and students who don't who don't have school supply so give us a follow and you'll know about everything that's going on in charlotte and you'll probably definitely see us that we're probably at breweries more often than not
0: <laughs> yeah i can vouch for it personally sean really knows how to throw in a, an awesome event and all the links for everything uh so you can connect with sean are going to be in the show notes sean thank you so much for sharing us everything about charlotte i'm really excited i know we talked about me coming out there anyways but after hearing even more about it I'm definitely coming for sure. So, oh, you're going to love it. Yes, I, I can't wait. But uh, all right. Well, hey, buddy, well, I look forward to talking to you uh, when we travel there.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Big thanks to Sean for coming on to the show and sharing his awesome tips for Charlotte, North Carolina. Show him some love by visiting a site at thirdrockevents.com and following me at thirdrockevents on Twitter and Instagram. I can't wait to bring my family to Charlotte to explore the Discovery Science Center, Botanical Gardens, and the Kids Festival. Then we'll leave the kids with grandma for the weekend, so Anna and I can spend Saturday afternoon at the South End Wine Fest and enjoy brunch and take in the views of Vivace the following morning. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Charlotte, North Carolina. All the links we talked about today can be found at WeTravelThere.com forward slash Charlotte. Thanks again to the South End Wine Fest for being today's podcast sponsor. I love working with events like this that offer a fabulous time for attendees while also raising money for worthwhile causes. This charity equips students living in poverty with the tools they need to effectively learn. If you have any questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head north to visit Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We'll talk with my good friend Tom Drake of Maplemoney.com. He'll share about the world-famous Calgary Stampede Festival, how to zoom down the mountain in the Skyline Luge, and where to find the dinosaur capital of the world. We hope to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.